Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. Once again, I'm your host, Sean German, and with me and with me is your other host, Brian German, his brother. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back, Brian. Yeah. And listeners, thank you for, for coming back for minute 102 of Into the Night. And in this minute, the uh, full-out ruckus has broken out. Uh, we got some guys making a run for it. We have some guys taking some bullets. We lose our our faithful director. John Landis takes it right in the newsstand. And then uh, Diana, Michelle Pfeiffer, gets taken hostage. And uh, we finished up the minute on a bit of a standoff. So the tension is building. Um, towards the end here, we see like the, the um, actual sweat, beads of sweat on uh, the gentleman that holds a gun to Michelle's head. But uh, that's that's at the end. Um, before we get to that, there's, um, you know, this is this is an action-packed minute. People running, people screaming, people shooting. Um, what do you think? What what jumped out at you, Brian, about this minute? With this was the action and just the the amount of violence. Again, I'm going to go back to the the tonal shifts. It's it gets pretty violent. Um, mm-hmm. I think though for the the mid '80s, the action is kind of on par with other movies. Uh, if you notice, somebody takes a bullet and flies no less than ten feet into the air and. <laughs> Um, so I think, I think, but I do think it's on par with the time period. Um, Yeah, absolutely. This is a totally appropriate for, uh, well, not just the mid eighties, but yeah, especially so. And I had a note on that and, um, this, 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 (laughs) you know, a a bullet may be going fast, but it has very little mass. So there's not much momentum, but yeah, the one, the one gentleman gets hit. Um, looks like a shotgun and yeah, just goes just, flying back against the wall. And that's, that's movie magic folks. That's not the way bullets behave in, in real life. <laughs> when he hits the wall, <laughs> they really do fly back. And, and the one guy, you know, as we say, getting, um, hitting into the newsstand and completely knocking over a shelf. <laughs> now that could be explained by, just his own weight. Just when he gets hit, he falls backwards, and that knocks over this wall of magazines. Not it's not necessarily the momentum of the bullets, but there's definitely um, a, a little comedy here, and I'm going to presume this is intentional comedy in that the the response is just way over the top. Like he is clearly dead. <laughs> we see the blood pouring out of the holes in his his silk shirt. Um, he's going down and like the, the bullets are still coming. Like the, right. the, these cops are just going to keep firing till they hear click. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you're a bit of a, a movie buff. I did a little bit of research, a very little bit, and I didn't find anything, but, but you might know this, Brian. I'm just here. I am putting you on the spot live on the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, is there an equivalent to the Wilhelm scream for bullet shots? Or for the the sound of of, of firearms firing, because these 
the you know this this particularly this minute the whole sequence but particularly in this minute and the shots that are hitting um John Landis as he goes into that newsstand I'm like I I I can swear I've heard those bullet shots before they sounded very familiar so is that um, you know, is there a, a famous like Wilhelm bullet? I don't, I, I, not that I know of, um, not that I know of, but I, you know, the, could be a lot of the same sound effects could be used. Yeah. The only thing I can think of with that. Well, and, and do you, did that kind of, did you get the same kind of feeling? Did, did everything kind of, did it sound very familiar to you or is that just me? No, it did not. Okay, so it is because I and in particular I thought this sounded and going to another John Landis movie, it sounded like a lot of the gunfire in Blues Brothers mm-hmm. is one particular movie that I would say of you know if, if you were going to push me and say okay can you play two clips and and I didn't actually do it but I bet if I dug out my uh, if I dug out Blues Brothers and and played some of those the scenes towards mm-hmm. the end um, some of those shootouts. Um, that's, that's what it made me think of. Like the, the bullet sounded that the firing sounded very familiar. It, it so it could um, be the same sound effect. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a, another Landis calling card or something. So, yeah, it's uh, the same sound. So once again, once again, listeners, here's your chance to, um, prove the host wrong. We'll play that game. Prove the host wrong. So if you want to, you know, post on the Facebook or the Twitter, let us know, say no silly, this sound effect is completely different. You don't know anything about anything. And here you go. So yeah, <laughs> set us right. Yes. We need to know. <laughs> we we need to know. We need to know. Um, the, the other thing I pointed out, so when I wasn't looking up the sound effects of firearms, I was looking at, so um, as I said, as we noted, um, this one Savak ends up slumped against a the wall of a newsstand the shelves and he's knocking it over and i was kind of curious at some of the the covers some of the magazines that mm-hmm. we see behind him and can i and, just can i just interrupt you for one moment oh they really don't do. seem too dangerous so i'm not sure about the advice that uh was given out i mean <laughs> what i'm seeing here is uh they keep getting killed <laughs> now now right so so i mean they have killed so we, yes. we know the Savaks can be deadly. They've, they've killed a few people up to this point. Um, you know, Hasi and, uh, you know, the, the woman on the beach, they drowned. So these are dangerous guys. But yeah, going back to the advice from Jack that forget, forget the Frenchman that you really got to worry about Shaheen. Um, and, and not that I'm going to mess with Shaheen, but in terms of, um, henchmen, and I guess you're only as good if you're, you know, in charge of a criminal enterprise. You're only as good as the people you hire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, you know, I th- the, the the Frenchman's henchmen have uh, kind of shown up and shown what they can do. Yeah, I think maybe you know the, those other people just kind of got lucky. They kind of didn't know it was coming, and so yeah, these Savaks, you know, if if you're if they surprise you, if they get the drop on you. They can do it, but if you know they're coming and you're prepared, um, then you're, they're probably not as dangerous mm-hmm. as the Frenchmen. Yes, I think yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I think I think Jack sort of uh, steered them wrong, uh, <laughs> Ed and Diane, of who of who they should have been looking out after. Uh, so that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
you were saying about the magazine covers here? Oh, yeah. So I happened – there's a um, a Playboy magazine that mm-hmm. is prominently displayed behind um, – right behind our Sovak as he takes many bullets from uh, from police and from agents, from airport security and all that. So um, I was kind of curious to see who's on the cover, what issue that was, and I looked it up. And so that is the uh, Playboy magazine from July 1984 – and it is, or sorry, what? Uh, ni- yeah, nineteen eighty four. My notes say eighteen ninety four. That's a kind of Trump. <laughs> That's a mistake. All right, so it's nineteen nineteen eighty four. Uh, so it's Bo Derek, who's on the cover. Uh, the playmate of the month, the centerfold that month was Liz Stewart. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interesting thing about that uh, that issue, it contains an excerpt. Um, on the final days of John Belushi by Bob Woodward. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Belushi had had passed away uh, recently before uh, before this came out. Um, so that was, um, I believe, it's an ex- excerpt excerpt from uh, the book from uh, Woodward's book Wired: Colon the Life and Times of John Belushi, which got made into the uh, the nineteen eighty nine film of the same name, Wired. Um, and of course, uh, Landis would have worked with, well, worked with Belushi a couple times with the Blues Brothers and Animal House. And I don't know if there's other stuff, but yeah. So I don't know if that's could be deliberate. Uh, yeah. It could be, yeah. It could be just coincidence if they were filming right around the summer of, of 1984. I know the movie came out in, in 85. I'm not sure when it was filmed, but maybe they, yeah, to kind of an homage or shout out to, uh, the comrade um, Belushi, who, yeah, so this is a, a story about Belushi passing away, and it's displayed right behind John Landis as he is, um, his character is passing away. Mm-hmm. The, the director himself does not die in this scene. Um, the other headline that, that jumped out at me is uh, The Globe has a headline, um, Ma- it, Mafia Lover is Real Father of Caroline's Baby. And I have no idea who Caroline is. Does any like do you know any like mid eighties Carolines that that no. might have been pregnant around that time? No. Yeah. I the not. only the Sorry, you're gonna say something? Uh, no, I'm saying I do not know uh, of any Caroline. Yeah, the only Caroline I could think of would be Caroline Kennedy. Um huh? but she had her first baby in nineteen eighty eight. Hmm. And if this is being, you know, this is occurring in 84, 85, she certainly would not be pregnant at that point if she's not having the baby until 88. That was the only kind of like famous Caroline from the mid 80s I could think of. So once again, listener, <laughs> I'm not I'm not any helpful at all. I'm not help. A lot of helpful. mysteries here. Maybe <laughs> yeah. a lot of mysteries, a lot of questions. There's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. It's a very complicated movie, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? Um so, so speaking of movies and speaking of this movie, Into the Night, I was, I was surprised. So listeners would know, um, if you've been listening all along, you would have heard me previously with my co-host from Groundhog Minute, Dave Palace. And you'd be like, well, Sean, you've talked about this movie. We know what you think of this movie. Why are you back? Why do you plague us yet again? Um, and I contacted Jim O'Kane to say, Hey, I know I've done some minutes, but can I do some more? And can I bring my brother along? Because it turns out my brother loved this movie. 
Yep. And I love I was movie. shocked that you even you'd heard of this movie. So how did that like when did you hear about this movie? What's your history? Did you see it in the theater? Like tell us about it. Well, no. So I did not see this movie in the theater. Um, okay. <laughs> I was only five years old when it came out. Uh, <laughs> okay. You can be forgiven. Though, right. Yes. But uh, I actually came onto this movie pretty recently within the last two, maybe three years ago. So I cannot hmm? say I've been on this movie and known about it forever. About three years ago, um, I was – Listen, I listen to, as I'm sure everybody here and our listeners, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And on another movie podcast, uh, this movie was brought up and I said, okay, action, uh, some black comedy. I'm going to give it a shot. And yeah, it's a very weird movie. I think that's what I like about it. Um, I like Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I think he's good. Now, Sean, now you do not like Jeff Goldblum, if I'm correct here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I, I'm just. I'm not a fan. In a, it yeah. is nothing he's done from Jurassic Park, The Fly. Well, none no, of it. it's yeah. I I don't. It's not enough to put me off a movie. Like mm-hmm. I think, like Jurassic Park is is entertaining. I I maybe I'm not. I'm not in love with that movie the way some people are. Um, but I, I you know I like it. Uh, the Fly, the version of Fly that he did, Cronenberg's uh, Fly. Um, now I'm. I'm probably maybe <laughs> maybe the only or one of a very few people that prefer the original to uh to that version of the fly but I I can enjoy a movie with with Jeff Goldblum in it mm-hmm. but it's not a plus I I'm, I'm not going to show up if all I, you know if I don't know anything else about the movie but I know Jeff Goldblum's in it that's not enough to get me into the theater mm-hmm. um but it doesn't you know he's not he's not a plus but I it's not necessarily Okay. He's not so distracting that I can't possibly enjoy <laughs> right. in it. Okay, um, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said about this movie, I, I the fact that it takes place in one crazy night, which I believe I'm not even so sure. I have to look this one up too. This might have been one of the original takes place in one night movies. Can you think of something before 1985 that in this structure? You know, I'm I'm sure there have been. Now the 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 other movie that's been mentioned a few times during the course of the podcast, the one that comes to my mind right away is After Hours, um, which is one crazy night in New York City instead of L.A. Mm-hmm. But that also came out in 1985, and you know I don't. We can look up to see which one was released before the other, but we know movies take a long time to write and finance and film and produce mm-hmm. and everything else. So. Um, it does, you know, at that point, one would have been in in works before the other came out. So mm-hmm. it isn't like, oh, it isn't like uh, John Landis or actually, well, he didn't write it, but it's not like somebody saw After Hours at the theater and said, oh, I can do that, but in L.A. Like they they both must have been in the work at the same time. So um, I don't know if it really matters which one right. was first, but yeah. So so yeah, but to to actually answer your question i i think of um after hours but that's also 1985 i don't Mm -hmm. i can't think of anything else really before that okay well yeah i think this is well then it's at least one of the first few movies that do this even if there was a few before it fair enough yeah so that so then it's notable it's got that going for it right right and it's just it's it's a weird story it's it's got its quirks but it's i like it 
Okay. You like it. You like it. All right. So um, now we've talked, uh, we've talked about Jeff Goldblum, of course. Um, so what about Michelle Pfeiffer? Like, do you, what do you think of her performance and where would you put this in, you know, the, the Michelle Pfeiffer catalog? Do you think this is one of her better performances? One of your favorites? No, I think this is middle of the road for her. I, I think Goldblum gives a better performance in this. If I was to pick an MVP, let's say, um, Michelle Pfeiffer overall, she's a great actress and I, I would, I would put this just in the middle. I think she's, she's fine. She's completely fine in this. <laughs> I know that that might not yeah. sound great, but she's completely fine. That's the only thing I could say. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I tend to agree. She's solid. Obviously. Solid. Good. That, the, great. The, that's a better way. The, the gold bloom part is a bigger part. It's almost like, um, and, and we know there was some, you know, some casting, there were some other choices before they ended on, um, Landis. But this is, or sorry, on Goldblum, but this is certainly a vehicle for that, the male lead for that character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, yeah, um, there's potentially more to do there, although Goldblum doesn't do much and we can argue, well, is he, you know, is, is he doing it by not doing it kind of thing? But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know Scarface. We get more mm-hmm. more of a performance. Yep. Um, the fabulous Baker Boys, Ooh. which isn't um, which isn't one of my favorite movies, but I think you get more out of Michelle Pfeiffer in that. And then, of course, um, Batman Returns in 1992 Absolutely. as Selena Kyle and Catwoman. Yep, that's mm, that's a much that's, better that, performance. I that's think. prime Pfeiffer right there. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I think I think we're all in agreement on that. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, getting into this minute, as we said, there's shooting, there's running, there's screaming, there's people flying, and then, like you said, she Michelle Pfeiffer does get taken hostage. Yeah. And uh, now, do you really think all these police would just let Jeff Goldblum just here negotiate? That's my first question. <laughs> Uh, he seems to be in control of of the entire police force here, just letting him do what he needs to do. Right. So I'm not I'm not sure that would be that's quite accurate, but <laughs> you know, it's a major major step for Goldblum. This to me uh, it shows his full character arc. I, I, to bring it back to the beginning of the movie, I'm not sure exactly which minute uh, where he finds his wife cheating on him. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He just turns around. He cannot even go in. He cannot confront her. He just leaves. I mean, compared to this, where he's he just steps up. He's risking his life. He's risking her life. Uh, I mean, he's completely changed in in this. Yeah, good good point. Yeah, because obviously he could he could have turned and walked. I don't think he would just leave like that. Would be kind of weird. But he can certainly walk back up and get behind the line of police sure and let them handle it um but yeah like you said he he becomes the aggressor he steps up he you know steps towards the gunman um wow character arc (laughs) we see we see development we see change yes i we do good yeah i hadn't i hadn't thought of it like that but yeah this is this is a, a pivotal moment in the life of um of Ed, bet, yes. is what I'm being told his uh, character's name is. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I I question you know so so speaking of speaking of of Jeff Goldblum and this character and this this turn this sudden aggressiveness this um, you know really stepping in to be active in in this part. Um, so does this this character that that Jeff Goldblum here does that ever does he remind you of, of me at all? You know I can kind of be like a laid back go along to get along kind of guy, just kind of taking things as they come. Mm -hmm. Does he remind me of you? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I'm going to have to, (laughs) I mean, I, (sighs) this is is a very hard question. I don't know. I don't really see. No, I do not see you in this character, Ed. Okay. I, 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 no, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, I'm yeah, just curious. Is, just, I'm just asking question. questions. No, I'm going to have to think about this uh, and maybe in a future minute expand on it. Okay, but, maybe sleep on it. Uh, maybe sleep on it. But I, right now, I'm not. I'm not seeing uh, much of a correlation between the two of you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I like that answer. That's a good answer. I'll go with that. Yes, but I, we will revisit this. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so that's – yeah, that's all I really had. The only thing quickly that I noted about this minute is everyone's carrying a revolver. No um, no pistols, no magazines or cartridges. Um, these are all the um, the airport police, the federal agents, the, the SAVAC, the bad guy who has – um, his gun held up to the cheek of Michelle Pfeiffer. All revolvers. Mm-hmm. Is that? I, I would say it's another sign of the times. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, certainly pistols existed. I think I didn't even bother to look it up. I just assumed pistols uh, existed um, at at this point in history, um, and certainly like modern your modern day police, your modern day security folk. Uh, I think mainly because. Um, they'll hold more bullets. You can have uh, or more rounds in in your cartridge than than a, you can have in a, in a revolver, and so it's reload less often. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whereas these days, almost it'd be rare to see a revolver at all mm-hmm. in this situation these days. Where here, it's everyone, everyone's yes. pulling out the revolvers. Yes, yeah. Um, so, did Brian? Did you have any anything else for minute one hundred two? Uh, no, that's. Uh- I've uh, said everything I need to say about Minute 102. <laughs> done enough. All right. Okay. Well, um, well so listeners, um, you, can, you can find us wherever you found this minute. Uh, find us again there tomorrow. If you don't remember where you find us, the Into the Night podcast is on iTunes and Google Play. Um, also on our website at nightminute.com. And um, if you object to anything that we've said or everything that we've said, let us know. And if you agree, you can you can let us and know. And really let us know. <laughs> really let us know. Especially yeah, if you agree, if we got anything right, um, accidentally or otherwise, uh, come on down to Facebook, where we'll be at the King Lives Listener Limo. Uh, apparently, we're also on Twitter, at Night Minute. That's Night Minute. Yeah, at Night Minute. Um, otherwise, we will see you here tomorrow for Minute 103. Thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.